Welcome to the Information Entry Podcast. Today we're diving into the twisted pathways of cognitive biases, the sneaky mental shortcuts that often lead us astray. From the pitfalls of decision-making to the quirks of human behavior, we'll be unpacking the invisible influences that shape our thoughts and actions. Get ready for a mind-bending journey into the psychology of errors. My name is Mitchell. I'm joined as per usual by Tom. How are you doing, Tom? You good? I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm doing all right. Can he complain? Getting good, cold, good. but oh, I feel here's what it is. Yeah, you're right. You're northern, more north, northera, northera. <laughs> northera than I am. So king of the northera. Mm-hmm. King yeah. of the north. Have you uh, have you had your first frost yet? Do we have this conversation? <laughs> we we haven't had this conversation. Well, no, we did. You said that you had your first frost. Yeah. After me explaining to you what the first frost was. Yes, entering that phrase yeah. into my lexicon. Um, yeah, we uh, haven't had it yet down here. Oh, it's got cold uh, enough to bike. Nearly need a scraping on the old, the old ice. Oh, okay, but uh, down here in Plymouth, there's a map. If you didn't know, of all for you people out there that live it, that are listening in the UK specifically. I went over our stats. A lot of American listeners, so hello from to to you to you peeps out there. But if you're in the UK, there's a UK average first frost date map. Uh, I am down in like zone fourteen, oh. which is like December the eleventh is when I'm due first frost. Uh, I think you're in like zone ten or zone eleven. So November the first to November the tenth. I'd say that was. Yeah, it's warm. About right. Yeah, yeah. Must, must must have been. Let's see. Yes, yeah. Just in half of my place is in zone ten. The other half, zone eleven. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's interesting to look at like the heat spots and the cold spots because like round Exeter, it's warm, and I understand that because it's a big place. But then like round Plymouth, it's still cold but it's like a month's difference between when the first frost is and in terms, in terms of like how far south further it is it's not that far no that is interesting it's got some like little micro microclimate coming in and around the um plymouth plymouth definitely has its own microclimate if it's sunny everywhere else it's raining in plymouth that's my new tagline yeah that's fair exciting <laughs> times yeah but today, as I said, we're doing cognitive biases, which, as some astute listeners may realise, we have already done an episode on cognitive biases, but it was about a year and a half ago, and at the end of that episode, as Tom let me know when he said the idea, <laughs> we did say that we were about to, we would come back. Yeah. Come back around. Exactly. Uh, so here we are. We're here. We've made it. It was it. Um, one, two, three, four, fifth episode we ever did on yep. this podcast, June 2022. And we we're like, oh, that was good. We'll come back to that, shall we? <laughs> and it's now <laughs> November 2023. Um, yeah. But we're back. You know, we, we keep our word. We do. We're on it. We do. Well, yeah, we, we are, are on, it. on it. We are on it. Yeah. Um, got some exciting stuff coming up. On brand, oh, it's not not on brand. That's not what I meant. On time, on topic stuff, maybe we'll try. <laughs> on brand for us, definitely on brand for us. <laughs> on time and on topic, exactly, um, exactly. Some hints and tips. It's, I guess it's hints and tips only if you're listening to this episode just as it comes out in the morning to help you through. Well, it's not just Black Friday, but it's also Cyber Monday, and the Black Friday deals will be going. Yes, all Cyber Monday. So we'll um. We'll discuss some uh, some cognitive biases to do with Black Friday and what those sneaky outlets and online stores will try and do to uh, to part, try and persuade you to part with your cash. Yeah, so what, what we've done here is quite, quite impressive, actually. So we decided, okay, we'll do cognitive bias and then we do our, a quick little rundown just before we go on, on air just to understand what each other have gone for. And we went for the same thing. Short so really just <laughs> 20 minutes will be done. A 20 minute episode. Nah, we'll, yeah. uh, we're just cohesive. I wonder, yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see what you've taken. So. In terms of uh, 
short episode. I was thinking this earlier, and if anybody is interested into a monologue breakdowns on specific things, well, uh, I, was, I was thinking because we've got a certain allocation of uh, space to host the podcast, and we've got some overflow. Oh, do we? Like a monologue monocast, would you call it? It's a good name. Yeah, we could do that. The IE monocast. Yeah, we could do one each. Yeah. Like, oh, then I get to do you, something did, super did nerdy. Past. I did do it in the Remember, past. Yeah, that was yeah. the Stanford prison experiment. That and the you, Milgram you ones, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was they good. They did quite a few there, actually. Um, you had to dip out quite of the well. undergrad. And it was just me rambling to myself. But yeah, they did all right. So maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that. All right. Well... When, when, when my PhD there, finishes, in that kind of thing, was, there's like a very specific, small niche of a niche that you want talked talk about. Let us know, and uh, myself will cover yeah, it. Yeah, let us know my, and who you want to cover it. I just get Mitch yeah. to do biology stuff. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> oh dear. I did some on the how the internet came came to be. You did. Past. It was very interesting. Yeah. I can do like a full cybersecurity stuff if you want. Maybe I'll have like a slide. Snyder uh, slide project. It'll just be Mitchell cybersecurity <laughs> corner. <laughs> we'll just, yeah, cybersecurity corner. Tips and tricks for the people that. Don't I'll come on just to phone in. Yeah, and ask like yeah. a cybersecurity question. Right. Well, we'll come back to that. We'll ship it. The next time you hear about this, it'll be shipped and ready to go. Um, okay. Next week. Cool. That'll be your Christmas present to the, the nation, Mitchell. Well volunteered. <laughs> Uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm on a holiday, so I've got some time. I got time. I got time. Oh, you won't be doing time. anything anyway. Me? Yeah, you just be yeah, nothing but time. Nothing but time. Good movie. Okay, moving on to the the new section of the pod. Uh, this week, ah, uh, it's my turn. So I went. Well, we we don't know. It could be my turn. <laughs> I may have done it, it last is. week. Who knows? Um, <laughs> wow. The wow. No, you did it last week. I know. So I had a look at the the if you, space news. Always Ooh. love some space news. We space do. Space news is the best news. And this space news is the first embryo from a mammal has now been grown in space. Oh. Did you have you seen this? Because you know, no. You know, you read up on your space news. So a mouse embryo uh, can make it to early stage of de- has made it to the early stage of development in space. So in an experiment conducted in 2021, a few. 100 frozen two-cell embryos from mice thawed and grew over four days on the International Space Station. Of the several different embryos that made it back to Earth, nearly a quarter formed healthy clusters of cells known as uh, blastocysts. Is that right, Tom? Blastocysts? Yeah, blastocysts. Uh, which the, the findings suggest that this radiation, the weightless of space, might not impose immediate obstacles to mammalian reproduction. Which has been reported, uh, it was reported last month. So I thought, you know. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, it takes a while to come through the pipeline. Yes. Yes. Um, have you seen so, The Expanse? Have, have you ever watched or yeah. read The Expanse? So they do quite a good job of what we think. People, b- 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 wow, bees. Hard, hard letter today. People born out in the asteroid belt and, you know, they're, they're taller and have like more brittle bones and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, wow. And now we just do that to mice. Yes, they did it to mice, <laughs> but they've shown that it doesn't uh, actually affect it that much. And the new study cool. uh, isolates only one part of the completed process of reproduction development. Uh, a, what do you call it? Blast? Cyst? Blast assist. Yeah, makes sense. Typically forms after fertilization in implants in the uterus before developing into the placenta and fetus. Because, I'm trying to remember a reference. Is it foundation? That she's pregnant. Um, I don't know. My memory of the uh, the book is a lot better than the f- series, and she's not in the book. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know. So unsure is <laughs> what it is. Um. <laughs> she may be one of the later ones, and I just, it, um, yeah, which would make sense. Yeah. But um, yeah. So previous. Research this is why it's important. Previous researchers that condition space are particularly harmful to the early stages of reproduction in mice. So therefore, I guess they're inferring also uh, human animals, mammals. 
Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. Us. Uh, that's the whole point of testing. Um, as in, and they also thought that animals have been too stressed to mate in space. Which is fair enough. It's a very stressful place to be. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Especially if you have no concept of it either as well, you know? Just like, what, why Why am I floating? What's going yeah. on? Also, when you, when you grow, like, what, grow, what direction do you grow in? That's how that works, right? What do you mean? <laughs> like, humans know which way to grow because of gravity. So if there's no gravity, like, which way? That's just so wrong. What? They don't know which... It's the homeobox gene. It's nothing to do with gravity. It's just like, hey, Uh, I've put your head here, so I'm going to put your neck next to it. And then next to that, I'm going to put your shoulders. I don't think that's right. Okay, yeah, fine. it's gravity. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, bye, everyone. (laughs) Update your biology textbooks. It's, it's, It's just gravity, apparently, this whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. You heard it here first. It looks like fires. It grows like they grow outwards. Yeah. So a human growing in space from a young age would just turn into a ball. Like, you know? <laughs> just a blob. It would turn into like a little hydra. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, okay, yeah, back Stop on track. News. So the freeze-dried mouse sperm uh, survived. Okay. It remained viable after one six years stint in the space station damn six years yeah uh so that's good to overcome the challenges the biologist uh terry hako wakiyama and colleagues launched two cell embryos to the isis uh a device specifically made for the experiment held fragile developing cells after the experiment entered the spells were then sent back to earth for analysis out of the 360 samples 72 to survive the trip 17 of those developed normal into blastoglists undiamond cells necessarily multiplied and took new identities to either form the precursor of fetal tissue or the placenta so all good that's cool yeah yeah imagine just like proposing that idea like, I know you're doing really important stuff on the space station, but do you mind if I just put some sperm on here as well? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, not you're, mind. You're sending things up. Can I just also just place this here? No one's going to know. Who's going to care? <laughs> no. <laughs> nice. All right. Cool. Okay. So there you That's go. If you're thinking of having uh, babies in space. Oh, yeah. Babies in good. space. Yeah. <laughs> Um, facts before we get on to yeah, our biases. Facts. I don't have any of those. You don't have any facts. Uh, mine are less, less facts and more types of cognitive biases. Okay, got a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. So I can join in. Oh, that's good. Good. Love well, it when well. you can join in <laughs> oh, with the facts. Yes. Um, why, why don't you start? Confirmation bias. Yes. It's a good one. What is it? Oh, um, I still want to steal, steal your thunder there. Uh, oh, the te- okay. tendency to search for, interpret, and remember information in a way that confirms one's pre-existing beliefs or hypotheses. An example of this could be giving more weight to information that supports your own views whilst dismissing contrary evidence. Not yeah, that you would true. have... Um, any reason to, you know, take this evidence that supports your views anyway more than the ones to reject yeah. it. Yeah, this is the really big issue with confirmation bias and where you get your information. Like Google has a profile on you and your Googling habits. So if you go searching for information, it's more likely to present information that will feed into your confirmation bias. Oh, that's interesting. So, A, there's a bias when you go searching for the information that you're going to um, frame it, write the question when you go to these search platform, search platforms that are going to be written in a way that will not be 100% transparent in terms yeah. of like uh, the way that you would pose like a completely neutral question. Um 
I wonder if it's like that on Google Scholar as well. Probably, yeah. Google Scholar being the place where a lot of um, scientists get their supposedly unbiased literature. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the literature itself wouldn't be unbiased, but it's the information presented would possibly be biased. Yes, I, I get what you well, mean. Well, all the, literature would be biased, but... But yeah, you that's, try that's your best the issue to undo it. Yeah, same with um, like any platform that people enjoy. Yes, YouTube, X, Instagram, Instagram. Yeah, what I find funny about bias, and it's one of the things I'm I'm having to study uh, for for my PhD, um, is no matter how much you try to remove it, it's just part of the human condition. So especially mm. when uh, we have to be careful of it in animal behavior. So when you're looking at um, a behavior and you're actually coding it, coding it means to, you know, describe it or say what behavior it is correctly. Now, there are many, many studies on this. And one of the most famous ones come from ant nest um, kin recognition. So mm. what you would assume is that if two animals are from the same nest, two ants from the same nest they're more likely to be friendly to each other than ants from competing nests and this has been widespread found to be true um, but the problem is the people doing these studies would know when the ants were from the same nest and when the ants were from different nests so there's something then called uh, observer bias when you know the outcome of or you know the results of which you're trying to interpret your brain is more likely to make you see what you think you should be seeing they did the same studies then blinded which is where they then uh, do not tell the scientist the researcher the observer uh, what they're looking at so whether the the answer from the same or a different nest and they found that actually contrary to before where 70% of the time ants were friendly to ants from their own nest uh, it became 70% of the time ants were aggressive to every other ant they ever met <laughs> didn't matter whether they were part of the, their, their own nest or a different nest uh, the levels of aggression were exactly the same um, so yeah just an example of uh, bias and there are many studies mm. studying human bias which are themselves biased it turns out so it really is. It really is a. It really is a hoot to try and get around. An absolute hoot. Yeah, it's quite fun. Hoot, uh, hoot and alley. Um. Well, any other biases? I really took yours on a tangent there, from confirmation bias all the way over to observer bias. <laughs> That's really fine. I was just gonna just say, uh, to explain what bias, cognitive bias even is. Or for me, anyway, so I believe. Mm. It's a good place to start. It's a good place to start, to start at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Go on, then. Oh, okay. Enlighten Don't us. Oh, all right. I'll just single-handedly carry us through the intro, <laughs> news, what? facts. Now, okay, so a cognitive bias is a <laughs> systematic error in thinking that occurs when people are processing and interpreting information in the world around them and affects the decision and judgment that they make. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, no matter how hard you try, that's just being human, I'm afraid. Can't really get around yeah. it. One of the things that I looked at, which I thought I always bring up, uh, I say always bring up, that sounds like I'm, I badger people about babies being racist. Okay. Uh, but it comes from biases. Uh, but the issue being is that babies aren't racist. Heard here for her first folks. Babies aren't yeah. racist, but groundbreaking. When they get to three months old, then they racial biases will sort of develop within them. I think it's because between the age of one and three, they can't really see. You can they? It's very blurry. We covered this earlier, but when babies right. are born, there's their eyes aren't, you know, hundred percent there. <laughs> yeah, not fully developed. Um, so yeah. But there's there's research that indicates that they do exhibit racial biases from a young age, 
Um, not the same as them being racist. <laughs> no. Uh, in the same way that we typically understand the term as adults, because it's not a cognitive uh, choosing to enact violence on on the other individuals. It's yeah. just a racial bias that they will either seem to have a preference, which will be shown as I think during the experiment it was like they showed a face, with like and then they. Were, I thought it was like happy music or sad music and then yeah it was the whole thing uh it's like you can do it now to show uh unsung conscious bias where you have the show for like happy sad positive negative and then it flips they're online you can you can try them out they're very okay. interesting yeah um someone that used to work with said that we should do one as a like a team, and I said that's how we everyone's gonna fall out. So maybe maybe we don't do that. Yes. Um <laughs> do it by yourself if you're interested. Again, um, who was right in that proposal? I can imagine them being sat there like, did what I really want to test? Are babies racist? And then the funder uh, and the funders going. Yes. I, well no, this is this is one <laughs> I can understand because they're trying to determine where that where it begins. No for so sure. Go, okay, well racism exists in the world as a prejudice and um, prejudice exists where does it start like how far do back do we have to go to find where it begins um, i wonder whether that's just well i wonder whether it's uh has anything to do with the cultural background of the the, the parents and like whether a baby goes ah oh, same or similar not similar in terms of l- looking or skin color or whatever and then that determines it yeah, that's what that's because why if you're it's, a baby it's, it's one to three months ago, one to three months, ten thousand years ago, someone different may be trying to steal you. You never know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Um, what I find really interesting about cognitive biases, biases, there we go, that came out, um, is that they're not arbitrary, in the sense that um, so a paper came out by Geigerenzer fantastic name 1966 and hazelton uh, 2005 they they repeated it with a bit better uh, methods and they showed that most people interpret it biases in the same way that means it's not random and i think that's interesting because it sh- kind of shows firstly you know no matter the individual experience on on the inside it means that our brains are perceptual centers at least process information in the same way which is somewhat terrifying and also comforting um, mm. but it also tells us that if we study the scenarios in which biases occur we can train or remove or at least understand how they work and as we'll find out later how marketing and other schemes actually exploit these biases um, for their benefit and uh, not for ours um, but one thing I looked at was heuristics did, did you cover this at all come come across this at all heuristics is this the, yeah. the shortcuts yeah that we do. So, uh, I haven't, but I've heard of it before. Yeah, so heuristics is basically a mental shortcut that your brain hardwires to make processing a bit more efficient. And this is where a lot of cognitive biases come from. Um, so it's cognitive strategies that allow individuals to make judgments and decisions quickly, especially in situations where time, information, or resources, especially cognitive ones, are fairly limited. Now, it's just how the human brain works. Can't get around it. Um, one of the main ways that people say you can try and uh, tame your biases is just to take a lot more time to actively think about something rather than accept the passive decision that you arrive at. Um, but we'll come on to more, more of that stuff later. There are some key characteristics of heuristics, which uh, efficiency. So they're efficient mental shortcuts that help individuals quickly reach decisions. They're simple. Uh, they're quite adaptive, so they're, uh, they've evolved to help individuals navigate the complexities of the environment and make reasonably good decisions in a variety of situations. Your brain is not built to make the perfect decision in the moment. It was built to make the most reasonable <laughs> decision in the moment, given mm-hmm. all of the different types of um, things that you could possibly encounter. Uh, and that, unfortunately makes it vulnerable uh, to bias and it leads to systematic errors uh, that we essentially we call cognitive biases and that's what we're going to speak about today 
Um, and then there's quite a few of them, there's stuff like the availability heuristic, which involves making judgments about the likelihood of events based on how easily examples come to mind. Representativeness heuristic, so it involves making judgments about the probability of an event based on how well it matches a prototype or stereotype. So if I go to make a cup of tea in the morning mm-hmm. and I do that every single day, and then suddenly there's a polar bear in my kitchen, <laughs> right? Uh, that time of that happens, you know, not going to be expecting that because yeah. that's not part of my prototype or stereotyped um, event. Um, then you have stuff like anchoring and adjustment heuristics, availability stuff, and yeah, your brain likes to substitute some stuff in sometimes. So where, when an individual's answer a simpler question that is related to a complex one without realizing that they've substituted stuff going on there. So again, it's just a way of simplifying decision-making but unfortunately, uh, sometimes leads to biased judgments. Um, yeah. Heuristics. Shortcuts of the mind. Did you, have you started watching, um, sorry, Scott Pilgrim? I have started watching, but yeah, Scott Pilgrim, why? Because in like the first like 10 minutes of the show, she's like, oh yeah, so I was just skating through your, your dream because there's a cosmic shortcut in your brain. Yeah. There you yeah. go. That's in the movie, though. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I haven't watched it in a long time. She, yeah, they fully, fully. She, she skates through. No, oh, maybe. That's yeah, that. you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go watch that. That seems that's a good time so far. <laughs> good, good time. Good money. Yeah. All right. So we've done heuristics. We've done an example or two. Uh, where, where would you like to take this? I was going to say, uh, we'll do bad biases. And then we can oh. go on to the Black Friday stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I have bad ones specifically. Let's see. Uh, I mean, this could be this could be annoying, and most people will experience this in the workplace, which is the Dunning-Kruger effect. Yes. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you deal with this a lot. Yes. Sir. Yes. So the the Dunning Kruger effect um, is the phenomenon where individuals with low ability at a task overestimate their ability, whilst those with high ability underestimate their own competence. An example could be, well, I mean, it's just uh, that's just what it is, really. There, there is no. I don't need to put an example on that. I don't think. Um, yeah, you ever been stuck on a work project and there's just some absolute tool trying to take charge? Um, but then, you know, other people, maybe even yourself, a bit too shy to uh, assert so your dominance in the situation. The, the same uh, thing that I come across, but the thing that really, really gripes me is people not being up, being able to own up to not being good enough to do something or okay. not, not not being good enough to do it. that's 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 uh, that's not the right word the, not having confidence or knowing how to do something so instead of owning that they just don't do it oh they just don't do it at all or they do it they wrong. just don't do it at all yeah oh. that's the one that really really gripes me and i'm just like yeah, that's kind of wild. Yeah. Um, but there are certain people, I think everybody's worked with an individual that thinks they're like, they're not supposed to say the dog's bollocks then. <laughs> 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 but yeah, who thinks they're like the, the hot cheese? I don't know. I, just, I don't know where I'm going with my, my metaphors. He just thinks they're really good, but they're not. Yeah. Not at all. Luckily, I've not um, really had to deal with that since, like, school. And I mean, like, high school, secondary school. University, everyone was pretty much okay, pretty chill. And you got to choose who you work with, so that was that was great. And um, yeah. now I just do everything on my own, so... So there's one that... There's another effect. I don't know if it's got effect or not, but it's like... There are certain individuals that uh, are perceived to be more intelligent because they don't stop talking. Oh, that's... Yeah. That boils my blood. 
Absolutely. And there, I I know of people that that's the case. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, this person's really smart. And I was like, no, they just don't stop talking. They put in, like, their opinion when it's not warranted and then says nothing. But it says nothing in a really fancy way. I see. Yeah, that corporate corporate stuff. I'm so glad I'm just not in the corporate world. Yet. Yet. <laughs> yes, yet. <laughs> oh, dear. You'll get there. You will get there. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Sure I will. Uh, it's a wonderful time. Just the most delightful of times and places to be. Would recommend. Okay, I'll come join you one day. Do a bring your friend to work day. I'll just yeah, yeah, yeah. If you need some like work experience, just hit hit a brother up. Okay, yeah. I'll I'll try and do what I can. If uh... you ever need to, like someone to you, you know you need to go to a social event. Just bring me along, and I can do your talking for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so uh, we've all confirmation bias. I would say is again a negative one. Uh, In group bias. Okay. Yes. No. The tendency to favor one's own group, which can lead to prejudice and discrimination against out groups. This yes. happens a lot. This this one happens a lot, especially in this day and age. It's it's the whole red team, blue team thing. Have you seen the it's like a, it's like an online comic where someone's walking along and they don't have a flag and then someone hands them like a red flag. Um and is and they're like red team and a blue team and they start fighting. Have you no, seen that? At all? Uh, but I can imagine yeah, I can imagine that kind of happening. Or yeah. what the hell it's about, yeah. It's kinda of like um Twilight and people just be like, Which team are you on? Yeah. And no matter how much you try to say I'm not on either, apparently that's not an option. No, that of course that's not an option. What are you talking about? So obviously you have to go Edward. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah you just have to yeah Team Edward and, for the win. and my, my realization of this recently was someone explained to me what happened in the last film and it's basically like oh dog boy is a predator um cool. yeah yes yeah in a weird way the whole like imprinting thing yeah is a bit is a bit uh, doob, bit bit sus, bit, bit doob. Bit, he's being a bit of a sussy backer with that one. Yeah. Um. Did you know? Random fact. This is so random. Um, <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey was just fanfic of Twilight. Yes, and it came out of uh, somebody going to a concert. Wasn't it like something happened? Nine Eleven happened. Yes, that's it. The nine eleven. My Chemical Romance wrote a song. Yep. Yep. And then the author of Twilight wrote Twilight. (laughs) And then the author of Fifty Shades of Grey read that and wrote Fifty Shades of Grey. (sighs) Then something else happened that led to Ellen DeGeneres losing her show. And somehow I saw I, I got that chain of events stuck in my mind. What happened? Oh, I think the lead actress from Fifty Shades of Grey went on the Ellen DeGeneres show and was like, she was horrible, which allowed other people to speak up about Ellen DeGeneres being horrible, and then she lost her show. Yeah. So, yeah, 9-11 led to Ellen DeGeneres losing her show. Yeah, those, those just just a butterfly effect, isn't it? Um, or confirmation bias. Uh so I'll 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 circle back to this one bias also back to the end. Um the sunken cost fallacy. Ah uh, yes. Yes. The tendency to continue a behavior as a result of previously invested resources, time, money, effort, leading to poor decision making and resource allocation. Few things, I'll just say an example of these. The fixing a car, paying to fix a car. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's one. Like sometimes you need to let go to that car. Um Playing League of Legends. <laughs> is another one. Sometimes you just need to let go. Sometimes. You, like maybe you've got a thousand hours in it. It doesn't matter. It's not <laughs> good for you. Matter. It's a bad decision. 
It's a bad decision. You don't want to be doing that. One hundred percent. Oh, Christ, uh, that's funny. Yeah. Um. The, the, also, relationships. This happens a lot. It's not just money spent. It it means like resource expenditure, emotional, like investment, emotional time investment. investment. Kind of, so like, yeah. If, even if you like, if you've been in a relationship for like two, three years, they say like. There's a sunken cost fallacy. If your partner starts behaving badly towards you, or like does something like cheat on you, you say, "Okay, well, you know, I've already wasted three years of my life on this, or four years, or ten years, or twenty years." If you're like married and down that line, like I don't want to give it up when really you should, because yes. everybody involved. Um, but it can be very hard when you're if you're the one in that scenario to to, to see that. But, uh, yeah, sometimes. Just, just, just that's, for the one. But that, again, that's, yeah. that's what it is. It's an fallacy. Like exactly. What makes it harder. Um, the next one, availability heuristics. This will go into your heuristics area. Um, yes. Overestimating the importance of information that comes to mind easily, often leading to overestimation of less likely but more memorable events. Yeah, so one like this would be um, be really scared of your house getting broken into and you getting murdered even though that's rarely happened in your entire life or ever but you heard about it happen to someone and now you're like oh that's a real possibility you know yeah one person who i know who never listens to this show will know that they've been called out in the void they'll feel something (laughs) (laughs) called out (laughs) yeah um do you, do you have anything like this that, that springs to mind? Um, I'm trying to think. Do I have any? Because no. th- th- this definitely happens. To, and, and I guess it's one of those things you don't realise, right? If someone asks you about something and you're like, oh, yeah, well, that's bound to happen because of X, right? Yeah. And it's just because you happen to have counted X more recently. So it jumps into your mind more. Hmm. I think more readily. So, immediate examples that come to person's mind when evaluating a specific topic, concept, method, or decision. Here, example, example, uh, assessing risk. People might overestimate the likelihood of yeah. events. More dramatic. That's when you said frequency of events. After hearing about a burglary in the news, they may believe it might happen. Medical decisions. A doctor may diagnose a common illness instead of a rarer one that presents with symptoms because it was more readily available in their mind. I've had yeah. that happen to me. Same, yeah. Not on your level, but same. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, yes. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna call them out. So I was having some pain in my chest. In my chest. Uh so much so that I, I had to call an uh, ambiance, ambulance. Um, which in the UK I waited six hours and then it didn't come and then I got a phone call and they said, if you can get yourself to the hospital, get yourself to the hospital. And I did weirdly the time that i went was like a wasn't a busy time which is unheard of in the uk so i actually saw a doctor within i would say about half an hour wow at a hospital which is yeah. at a&e which is unheard of um they had uh this availability heuristics to the point where they said that they thought that i had like um just like indigestion like stomach issues like a stomach reflux and said yeah. go home take like pet it'll be fine it'll go away and i was like that feels wrong uh and it, at the time they thought they were right and they had the availability heuristics like you know because they're trying to be quick about things when it actually was was a pulmonary embolism in my chest along with um chest infection at the same time and that could have been very bad. Yes. Could have been very could bad. Have. Could have been very, very bad. Um, so that's the example of uh, the medical decisions with availability heuristics. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Fuck that um, guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Fuck that person in particular. Oh, and your biases. Yeah. So then I, I at the, in the end, went back, went back, uh, saw 
I'm not going to say a proper doctor because I don't want to be insulting to the guy, but someone that could actually work in an ECG uh, situation and performed an x-ray, even though he didn't. Um, yeah. And they found the little clock. Well, at least they found it. At least you were yeah, sensible yeah. enough to go back. Yeah, well, I was on well, the floor. Grace was sensible enough to make you position. go back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, luckily, uh, I I went the private route because I get it through. I had at the time I had something through work, so I phoned a doctor, a private doctor, and said all these things. And they went like, "No, you need a chest ray immediately. Go back and say you need a chest ray like immediately." So I did. Um, yeah. Nice. So, Maybe are. Um, Maybe I've got forward. some not maybe bad ones, but some unusual ones. There's only three here, so we can be quick about it. Yeah, go for um, the unusual ones. The IKEA effect. Uh, this right. is the tendency for individuals to place a disproportionately high value on products they partially created, such as assembling furniture oh, from IKEA. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. That is weird. But it yeah, makes no, sense, people... right? Because you've put some yeah, effort into yeah. it. Right, invested. it's kind of like the sunk sunk cost fallacy. People who make their own PCs are inordinate, inordinately proud yeah. of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's they'll... not because they are more worth than other people's monetarily, let's say. But um, I think that's where the, like, the whole PC master race thing comes from. Uh, oh, no, like, oh, you just bought consoles. your console. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just bought your yeah. console, whereas I built my PC. You know what? Um, I'm I'm not even mad. I bought a pre-built PC. Shame me, uh, if, listeners, if you're out there. Um, I am. <laughs> I'm not gonna say old, but I'm past the point of faffing around with like finding a case, finding a CPU, blah 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 blah. Yeah, I just, um, I was past that. Uh, and also, uh, I've got like if you, yeah, if you buy a pre-built. You can get a warranty and you can get support. Like I've got live premium support. My graphics card started making a buzzing noise. I messaged the peeps and was like, yeah, uh, buzzing noise. Here it is. Here's a video. What can you do about this? Is this right? Like, and they just sent me a new graphics card and I've got like a 3090. Damn. In it. And they were just like, yeah, no, here's a new graphics card. Yeah. Well, they didn't tell me anything. A new graphics card just turned up, and I assumed that I needed to fit it myself. So I fit <laughs> it, put the other one in the box. The guy turned up at my door, and he was like, "Yeah, I've come to fit the graphics card." And I was like, "Oh, I've already done that. Was I not supposed to do that?" And he was like, "Well, if you did it, that's a you know, I don't have to do it now. And I should work for free, and that's fine." I was like, "Okay, yeah, not sure." Uh, here's the the old graphics card. Oh, fair. Mm. Nice. So I I'd recommend, fully recommend, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because it's, like, uh, it's like a bathtub curve with like things break at the start and you have to make yes. sure you're the right operating system and setting that up and all that jazz. Now you're in the sweet spot. Such hassle. Too much. Also, I, 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 I did the research. I went and like lined itemed each individual part and it was like £30 difference from buying all the individual parts from someone making it for me. Oh, so like, plus all the support. Well, yeah, you might yeah, as well th- that, the yeah. thirty pound difference. I'm, I'm paying someone thirty pounds to build it. Like it's the same. Yeah, fair, valid. Um, oh, all right, other other ones. The Barda mine off. Oh, oh yeah. go for it. Oh, no, no, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, I it's like Captain Hindsight. hindsight. Yeah, yeah. From, um, South Park. Oh, I've never Captain watched South Park. Park. He flies in and then tells you it's like uh he's friends with captain obvious right who's also a South Park. <laughs> <laughs> and then they come in and they're like yeah they tell you like in hindsight would be better but it's overestimating the important no wait sorry the inclination to see events that have already occurred as being more predictable than they were before they took place often leads to oversimplification in understanding of past events. And it's like being like, oh yeah, no, of course that was going to happen. So, you know, of course, like in the future, of course I'm going to see it because it was so obvious. Like, yeah. No. Even though it was completely uncertain at the time. Yeah. Uh, it's quite it's, obvious to see why things happened the way they did I, after it's happened. I would say I have hindsight bias, but for movies, whilst I'm watching them. 
And it's not oh. really hindsight <laughs> bias. It's the fact that I have got more information than the people that are in the movies. So I'm like, this is fucking, this is stupid. Like, obviously, yes, it's yes, this yes. person. I've I've already worked the, the, <laughs> I've already worked the story out. How are they this ridiculous and not worked it out? It's like because they don't, they haven't seen the like the the cut to a different <laughs> thing yes. going on over there, and yeah. And how does it, does that make movies enjoyable for you? Uh, <laughs> we've talked about this, Tom. Yes, uh, we have. No, it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> unless it's got like um, M. Night Shyamalan-esque twist. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, then, I can, then I can get on board with it. Uh, yeah. All right, fair. Um, fair. The Bardo Minor Phenomenon. It's the illusion in which a word, name, or other thing that has recently come to one's attention suddenly starts appearing everywhere. And this oh, must have happened to yes. everyone at some point. Yes. Um, yeah. I've yeah. This, this, is, this is less of a bias or heuristic? I think it is a bias, just in the sense that these things may go unnoticed, but they're still there, but you just kind of filter them out until you're introduced to them somehow and then your brain starts picking up on them and you perceive that suddenly it's everywhere now when really yeah. it was everywhere all along like this normally happens when you get a new car for example i never saw dark gray astros around until i started yeah. driving one and they're like oh there's one. Oh, they- oh i have a very common car um yeah, and the last was- one <clears throat> is oh yeah what was it I, I can't remember. There was, there was something that I'd like I've never heard of before, and then suddenly it appeared like multiple times. I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I know that." But it wasn't just it wasn't me. It was like Grace mentioned that she'd seen it. Oh, so it wasn't just like I'd recognised it multiple times. It's like it was, you know, full across two people that she she had also seen this thing and was yeah. recognising it a lot. That's just the Matrix trying to tell you something, mate. That is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the last one I've got here is the curse of knowledge. I've got that. Uh, which is the... Di- <laughs> yep, you do. <laughs> the difficulty in imagining what it is like for someone else not to know something that you oh, know well. You want me to try to imagine someone that's stupid? No, I um, do that. So I had this the other day with someone who we were speaking about synesthesia um, and then they told they were like, oh, well, I don't have like a mind's eye. I, I cannot picture things. And then I struggled to imagine what that's like. And they were struggling yeah. to imagine what it's like, to, you know, actually seeing things in, in your brain. And yeah. they were just like, well, whatever I thought someone was like, oh, imagine this. You're just thinking of that concept. Like, OK, I've got that concept in my brain, but they just didn't have a picture to go along with it. Um. So yeah, wild. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, the curse of knowledge. The curse. The curse of knowledge. Now I don't think I. I, I would say my ego is not that large. I think I don't suffer from that because I the like imposter syndrome creeps off me all <laughs> the time. You do. So you just split between the two humbling. irrationally. Yeah, like <laughs> there, there's times. And that would be because like if I talk to someone that doesn't know anything about cybersecurity, I'm like, oh, actually no, I'm quite at like not the peak not like the 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 go-to but i have very niche knowledge about how like smart meters work in the uk yeah like i could draw you a diagram and tell you all the different like governing bodies and all that kind of stuff and how like from bottom to top to people's houses to how that works and how the connection works even to the point of like this is the encryption they use. Um, obviously, I, I can't tell you how to break it because I don't know. It's an encryption key. It's different. And then talk to anybody else, and they're like, "What? What? What's the? You know, what's the DCC?" Yeah, it's not like the DCC won't let me be. So let me be me. So let me see, because that's the FCC, which is in America. Uh, this is oh. completely, something completely different. I'm going to be like, "Welcome to the DCC." By why have I blanked on their name? ACDC. No, no, the nothing but thieves. Great song. Go check it out. Okay. Um. Yeah. But then you know, there's other times that I'll sit in a room people that are much smarter than me. So I was curious. I'm like, oh, I know nothing. Um. But then I'll go talk to 
you know, well, like some people's grandparents and they don't even have internet in their house. And then I'm like, <laughs> trying to like, so Mitchell, what do you do for a job? I'm like, well, first I have to explain what the internet is and then yes. how that works. And then how I have a job <laughs> relating to that <laughs> in that field. Yeah, it's always fun. Very fun indeed. Um, so we we we. Oh yeah, to sorry. Get on to our to, to get us thing. back, I was gonna. It's the anchoring bias was my last bad one. Ah yes, I had this. And this in, is in the next thing. Yes, the human tendency to rely too heavily on the first piece of, first piece of information encountered when making decisions, often leading to errors in judgments. Yeah, uh, and this can be played against us. The psychology of black. Friday Ooh, tomorrow. I've fallen victim to this exact thing already. This week. how's that new commu- computer screen, Tom? Yeah, it's great. So if you want an example of anchoring <laughs> bias, <laughs> let's say a computer monitor. You're on Amazon and you're like, I need a monitor, maybe, and you go searching for them, and there's a price, let's say five hundred pound. It's crossed out. It's in grey. Next to it is a massive red minus fifty percent off sign. And then in black, it displays £250. The £500 here that's crossed out is in grey is your anchor. It becomes your baseline judgment for the price of that monitor. That monitor is that much. Then the red, the red minus 50% sign is there to entice you in. And then the black £250 sign causes you to adjust. This is the adjustment side of the anchor in bias. Your original assessment of the item based on this new information. Uh... As Mitch said, it's anchoring an adjustment heuristic and essentially tells you something about an object and then presents you new information to change your perception of that object and whether you can afford it, especially in the context of Mm. Black Friday. This is why in a shop they always have like own brand, middle of the road and then like popular, well-known, expensive brand stuff. Um, It's to get you to try and buy the cheaper own branded Um. stuff. Yeah, that's from because there's also loan market idea as well that comes into this. Yes, uh, um, which they use a lot in in conjunction with the anchoring bias. So for those that don't know the term lemon market, it refers to a market with a prevalence of low quality products due to information asymmetry between buyers and sellers, which is very much Amazon. There's loads of crap on there. That is very low product, uh, very low quality, and you know they'll use bots to inflate it. I use if this is gonna be tech tips with Mitchell. Um, I've got a plugin for my internet browser that everybody can go and find, and it is called. Let me go. It tells you like um, it's called Fake Spot, and what it essentially is is if you are on Google. Google, Amazon, or other websites, it tells you like the grade after it analyzes the the ratings, the comments, all that kind of jazz. It analyzes that and then tells you how likely it is to be a fake or marked oh. up. So that's what the, what they're they're trying to tell you. So uh, so it was popularized by economist George Atlov in the nineteen seventy papers, The Markets for Elements, which explained that the used car market. In this market, sellers have more information about the quality of the cars than buyers. This can lead to a decline in the overall quality of goods and a withdrawal of buyers from the market as they cannot easily differentiate between good quality peaches and poor quality lemons. They have a lemon market, so they don't want to do that. Um, so, yeah. Also, another thing, camelcamelcamel.com uh, will tell you if Amazon has changed the price recently of a product so what they'll do to get that 29% off or 30% off I think legally they have to up they have to keep it at a price that price beforehand for a set amount of time and I believe it's two months so what they'll do is before Black Friday and they'll do this from like September November is they'll jack up the prices to some in like like so people won't buy it and the few people do they'll you know have made money on that um but then they will reduce it because they've 
you know, have had it at that price. And then they also that percentage. So what Camel 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 does, it tells you that the full price history on that product, as long as it's been on Amazon. So you can see if they've whacked it up and put it down. And if it actually is getting you a deal. There are others, I think like there's like Kepler or something like that. And that's yeah. like a plugin instead of a website. And it will tell you yeah, I was gonna say, in you the Amazon plugins. page. Yeah. Um, which is delightful because they'll do everything they can to get money out of your hands tomorrow. Best idea is to not go like browsing, is to have like a product that you want in your head and then go get it. Yeah, like Tom so with I'm, his I'm, screen. For, for example, I'm looking at my monitor now. It was priced at 185 pounds. Then just before October hit, it went up to 195 for a month. And then this week it got dropped down to 154. So it's still a saving of 30, but they're making <laughs> it look like a saving of 40. Mm. Mm -hmm. does, it, does that make sense? So yes, yeah. Um, that is not an extreme example, but there, there are others out there. Um, so yeah. Um, do you know what? I'm going to just say, I'm going to justify it. This is another bias, actually. Uh, people justifying, <laughs> I think it's called the post-purchase, um, just, or justifying, people also link to it as post-purchase Stockholm syndrome or buyer syndrome, buyer <laughs> yeah. Stockholm syndrome. Because once you've bought something, you'll like force, you'll, you'll tell yourself that it was worth it because of this. Yeah. Oh yeah, I may have spent 150 pound on a monitor, but <laughs> this time I didn't spend that much on this, and I didn't spend that much on this. So essentially, I'm losing no money. You know, it's like yeah. girl math. Yeah, you essentially girl math your way. You, you go, you girl math your way. You nerd math your way into a monitor. Yeah. Um. Essentially, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I I thought I found I found a really funny thing earlier, and I just absolutely cried laughter. It's called like Tory mathing. Right. So with the Jeremy Hunt's autumn statement that came out, there is a bunch of like Tory mathing they've done to be like, no, it sounds really good, but actually it's like, fuck the poor people. Because <laughs> like, right. yeah, no, we've re we've reduced uh, national insurance contribution by 2% and it's going to get people this much money. But then they've not raised the initial point that we get taxed with inflation. So technically people will be earning more money but then they'll be taking more because they haven't raised the lower tax bracket. Oh, great. Tory maths. <laughs> Tory absolutely, maths. Absolutely ridiculous, yeah. That's fun. Yep. Yeah. Um, Man math sounds a bit weird. It does. Boy, it does. boy math thing. I'm quite happy with just using girl math. Yeah. I'll nerd math my way into things. Um, the one of the things about Black Friday really latches onto is something called the scarcity bias. So that, this is yeah. the effect that makes people place a higher value on things uh, when it is scarce and lower value on one that uh, is available in abundance. So one classic example of this is diamonds. The oh, don't, people that, control that, that. the diamond market, mm. right? Mm, um, yeah. And people are like, oh, there's so few of them. I'm going to pay loads for it because there's not that many around, right? Even though it's being artificially controlled, that's a conversation for another time based on Mitch's sounds there. Yeah, so um, there's when a it comes really good <laughs> YouTube video called, uh, well, a series called Adam Ruins. Right. If, if you haven't watched, and it's essentially a guy that used to work for, oh, it's the dropout.tv guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he was part of that argument, and it's, it's a series, Adam Ruins Everything, and he covers like different aspects and then like ruins it for people. And the diamond market is one that he covers, and it's just, um, yeah. It's um, De Beers, is the, the company who right. has a monopoly over the diamond market and controls the prices uh, and the stockpiling. That's fun. Just go lab grown. It's the same thing. That's what I yeah, say. Yeah, synthetic diamonds is uh, such a good, better way of doing it and doesn't, you know, involve slavery and yeah. all that bad a stuff. And chemically, literally the exact same thing. Yeah. 
Um, but how this works with Black Friday is instead of the scarcity being on the object, although sometimes it is because on Amazon they tell you how many of the Black Friday items have been claimed, for example, or how many they have set aside for Black Friday. Again, that's to kind of trick you in, in to get into buying it. But um, the scarcity is also on the day. How long will these deals be around? If you've only got one day um, to make these purchases, maybe you're going to make more than you would if you had a week or two weeks to think about it. Um, so the scarcity bias here also applies just to the time frame that you have and you not wanted to miss out or take advantage, take advantage of these prices. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether like the Black Friday craze has gotten less and less. Like I don't, yeah, I just definitely. don't seem to remember the, you know, the fights and the massive videos you'd see of people fighting yeah, over when toys it was, you know, when in it America a, a when it first started coming out. Yeah, made out of it. Yeah, no. And now it's just a bit less like that. And I'm wondering, is that because it's a week long thing now? It's much more online mm. now as well. Ain't much more online. Yeah. Maybe we'll see some. Maybe you'll wake up tomorrow to some beautiful, beautiful videos on the website formerly known as Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Any more? uh, Anything else you'd like to pop in? A whole section, mate, on like the neuroscience behind it. But it's fine. We ran out of time. It is what it is. Maybe we'll do another. We did ramble today, didn't we? In a year's time. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see you in Uh, June of 2025. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> if we're all still alive then. Foreboding. Oh. That is foreboding. Yeah. All right. Well, with that slightly eerie and creepy <laughs> sign off from Mitch, I guess that'll bring us to a wrap. Share this with anyone who you'd be so kind to share it with. <laughs> you don't want to be terrified. <laughs> yes. Um, if you want more information, fun science, you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at InfoEntropyPod. Instagram's InformationEntropyPod. we got some nice pictures over there. And uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening, if you give us a like, follow, rating, comment, we appreciate it absolutely massively. And yeah, that's us, I, I, I wanna, suppose. I want to be like, I'm a stone mine champion, Tom. When I want to oh, say, I want yeah. to shout out from the rooftops. <laughs> Go on, shout out from the rooftops. Uh, we, uh, you explain it. He messaged you. No, well, he messaged us. So we, um, I, well, Mitch, been playing Scythe for many a year. I'm pretty sure since it came out, he's yeah. been a hard pusher of that game. Uh, we've played many a time. Uh, it's been great. I then got Wingspan because I'm a bird nerd. And then they, Stone My Games is the publishing company, released a game called Apiary, which if you go and listen to our B episode, and then last episode, and now this episode, we're raving about because it's <laughs> fucking great. Um, cognitive, uh, cognitive, conscious, sentient, intelligent space bees. That's all you need to know. Get it. It's a good game. Anyway, because we championed it and then tagged them on Instagram, we were like, we love your stuff. Hashtag not sponsored. Um, they listened to it. We even got in contact with the people who made the game. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Also, Jeremy. Jamie, Jamie as Jamie. well. Yeah, who is the leader over at Snowmire Games? And uh, yeah, he got in contact saying he'd listened, which we appreciate massively. And uh, yeah, just a great time, really. Just and a great time. Really, they, made they us do. Champions. Champions. Made us champions. Love being a champion. Um, and it, it grants us like nothing. You have no, no power here. Um, <laughs> there, there's but... some things like newsletter stuff. Um, you get the first things to, I think, pre order. They ship to you earlier. Yeah. And you get 20% so you off it. You get there's like a first round. So, do you know, we got our numbers on the apiary. Yeah, we would have been like one. Yeah, we would have got like a, 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 yeah, a better number. So that's all right i'm happy with my number it's my number um my number's lower than yours tom <laughs> yeah by five <laughs> not um. bad um i'm not salty about it at all <laughs> um but yeah if anyone wants like fun board games christmas is coming up i'm saying that i genuinely love these games when i went on field work a few months ago i took wingspan we played Two or three times a day, bearing in mind it's like an hour long game. Um, never got bored. It was just a great time. 
So check yeah. it out. Wingspan is great. And they have lots of other non-as-intense games as well. I remember. Uh, it's a really good time. If you or a loved one this Christmas says, let's play Monopoly, rethink your life decisions. There you are, are the problem. This is 2023. There are such better board games than the one that was like pushed in World War Two, right? Designed that, to be a piss take of capitalism, ended up yeah, being homage, a bloody staple cook- for it. Yeah, yes, the, the cookbook for the, the capitalists of the world. Here we are. Cool. We'll end it there. Yeah, on that fun capitalistic note. <laughs> we'll catch you guys the next week. Peace. Javanagh.